Welcome to the big topic at Women's MMA. Frank Pony here along with Schwan Humes. Don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. And uh, don't forget, I post all of the fights up on my blog as I did last week. Um, just wanted to mention one thing on NXT, and that's that uh, Io Shirai will be teaming with Kaylee Ray for the Dusty Classic. So I'm looking forward to that. Okay, Schwan, we've got one fight to talk about from last Saturday. Okay. Yes, sir. And it was uh, Alexis Davis beat Julia Stoliarenko by unanimous decision. And this was at the Bantamweight. This is about as lousy as I thought. All right. And, and you know, the basic problem here is that Julia Stoliarenko is terrible. Yeah, um, the fight, Davis in this fight, I feel like she fought down to her competition. There were a couple of times where she got in trouble, um, kind of threatened by some submissions, which really shouldn't happen because Davis is one of the better grapplers in either division. But Schwan, she's been fighting like that for years. I think she, I mean, she has. Generally, she's fought a better class of opposition, so she's kind of fought up to their level. Against uh, Julia, she should have ba- she basically should have been able to dominate. I don't know with that. I don't know what she does well enough to challenge Alexis Davis. It just seemed like Alexis thought she was just going to roll over and give in. And when she fought back, she was able to get in a couple positions, land some shots that she really shouldn't have landed, and actually make it through the through the through all three rounds. I still think Davis can fight, but if she's going to fight like this, if this is going to be what, what she does from here on out, then then it's just better off for her to retire. They don't pay her enough money to keep exposing herself to that, and against the better, she's going to start taking life-altering beatings. And what about Julia? I think it's time to, for her to go back to a victim. Yeah, I mean, she, she probably does. She's clearly not at UFC level. The one thing, I mean, even if she gets cut or moves back down – she did put a, a better performance. This is probably her best performance in the UFC since she's been there. I just don't think she's got enough athleticism, and and she doesn't have enough skill to make up for the fact that she doesn't have athleticism. You either have to be an with a decent skill set or a really good, really well-skilled, well-prepared fighter who has no athleticism. She's not either. She's she's right in between, and she's not a, a fairly thin women's division. She can't build any momentum. She can't put any wins together, which tells you that she must be, I mean, I don't want to say bad. She, she's not good. Well, you know, they, they. she's just not a very good fighter. And, and, you know, what happened was the way she got hired is that um, she was on Tough 28. And then she didn't get hired. And then she beat Lisa Versosa to Victor. And I guess they were thinking of bringing in Lisa. And they ended up bringing in Julia instead. Lisa and her are really similar fighters and that they're not great technicians, they're not great strategists, and they don't have great athleticism. They feast on lesser athletic, lesser experienced women. But when you get to the UFC, you're getting, even if they're not very good fighters, you're getting the best women out there, the best athletes out there. So those tools they can rely on, like their aggression and their physicality, those don't exist at the UFC level. And neither one of them is skilled enough to put wins together at the UFC level from what I've seen. I like both of them as people. I like their competitive spirit. I like how aggressive they are. But in that fight, that was a really sloppy fight. That wasn't good because of technique or skill. That was good because there was a lot of blood 
and a lot of people getting hit a lot, but they weren't be, they weren't doing either one of those things at a high level. No. Anyways, that fight is up on my blog, and let's talk about the one fight that we have on this Saturday's UFC show, um, which will be on the prelims, and that is Roxanne Montefiore, her retirement fight, and well, it's because she's fighting Casey. Okay, and Casey, as we all know, she's originally from Scotland, uh, initially trained in Australia, but these days, Schwan, she's turning at Extreme Couture with Eric Nixick. That's pretty uh, high. That's pretty high level, Schwan. Yeah, um, the thing with Nixick is he's he seems to have a good uh, ability to take people who will have great physical tools and great maybe whether it's durability or power or explosiveness and refining them. You know, Nganu, when he came to him, was just a physical force of nature. He didn't really have any nuance. He didn't have any layers. He didn't have any poise in what he did. He didn't have any real setups. Casey O'Neill is skilled, but due to, due to the physical advantages he has, she presents openings to opponents. It's just a matter of whether they have the courage or the poise to exploit them. What I'm hoping is Nick Stick is going to make those transitions between ranges a little better, improve her setups, and make her a little bit more defensively responsible. Because at the higher levels, some of her her aggression and her and her over pursuit is going to have a high price for her to pay as the as the division gets deeper and she faces better opposition. So I'm I'm figuring he's 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 adding a little bit of nuance and IQ to her game. But she's she's a great prospect, great prospect. Well, she should win this fight pretty handily because I just don't think there's any way uh, Roxanne can compete with her. Uh, I mean, and, and again, the thing about Nixick, he seems to have been more sophisticated than the average coach that we see these days. He's just, he's just a, he's a smart guy. What a lot of MMA coaches do is two. Well, one thing they do is they they miss, they misgauge their fighter's ability. They, they think every fighter who's a good athlete is a great athlete, and they build styles, of, of approaches to MMA. They build them around their fighter's athletic ability, which is fine if you have a high-end athlete. But when you have an average athlete and you're building their style around that, they get exposed. Uh, Carolina Kovacavich is an example. On the men's side, Alex Hernandez, their, their camps b- built them up like they were tanks and they were physical dynamos. W- once they started facing decent athletes, they started getting beat up because they didn't have those physical tools, not like a Jessica Andrade or a Francis Ngannou who actually has the athleticism to build a whole style around their attributes. Casey O'Neill has a st- you can build your style around her attributes because she's a lot better than a lot of the women. But the thing is, at the peak of the or her strength only becomes a different difference maker if she has the setups and the entries to make it so. And she has enough clean exits so that people, people can't expose her aggression or punish it. Um, Roxy Matifari doesn't shouldn't have the power to hurt her. She should be able to submit her if it gets into the ground and to scrambles. But ultimately, yes. she really can't hurt somebody on the feet unless she lands a ton of volume. She can't dictate where fights happen because she's not explosiveness explosive or really strong. You basically have to tire or you have to be so over aggressive that, that you give her openings. Maybe a couple years ago, O'Neill would have given her those openings. I don't think she gets into now, especially no in the way. And I don't think that Mata Ferry can hang in a firefight. And if she can't dictate where the fight goes, it's going to be a firefight. And, and she can't win that. 
Yeah, okay. We'll talk a little bit more about Roxanne next week. Retirement is is done. So that's going to be on this Saturday's UFC show. So a couple other things I just want to mention. That's that um, uh, Mallory Martin uh, is no longer with the UFC. She Her contract ran out. They decided not to resign her. She went 1-3. And if it was me, my guess, Sean, I think she's headed back to Invicta or possibly LFA, but more likely Invicta. Uh, yeah, she... She had a skill set, but she never really got better, and she never had a sense for how to operate within mixed martial arts. She couldn't blend offense and defense. She could from wrestling to striking, from grappling, from rest, from grappling to wrestling. She just she was either doing one or the other, and she wasn't great at any of them. And she didn't have the ability to transition between them, which further exposed her. Um, she just had some limitations. Good. Uh, do you think maybe changing camps might do her some good? Um, I think so. When you're a very limited fighter and athletically she's limited and skill wise, she's fairly limited. You ha- all the work you have to do has to be the right work. When you're athletic, you, you can be creative or when you got a really good chin, you can take certain chances with things because you have that equalizer. You have a bigger margin for error because of your ability and your durability. She doesn't have either. So all the work she has to do should be a fundamental and B has to be set specifically for her so she can maximize it. She doesn't have a room. She doesn't have margin for error. I mean, and her one win was Hannah Cyphers, and she almost got knocked out in that win. So she doesn't have any margin for error, and she doesn't have the poise, discipline, or depth of skill to navigate rough spots or to come back in fights or to, or to take away momentum from somebody once they get it. And at this, if you can't do any of those things, you can't, you can't even stay in the cage. You can't even stay in the cage with – decent fighters. And she hadn't fought any really ranked fighters. She's just been manhandled and dominated by almost every single person she's fought. Okay. The other thing I wanted to talk about is they had a press conference a few days ago uh, with uh, talking about uh, with uh, Juliana Pena and Amanda Nunez. And what they were talking about was the ultimate fighter. They're going to be coaches on the ultimate fighter. They're going to have male heavyweights and female uh, flyweights on the show. But they were talking about it. We got as more detail in regards to what Amanda up to in regards to her new gym. First of all, she said in a Brazilian podcast that it would not be a public gym. It's going to be a private gym, which is interesting. Uh, apparently, this is something she's claimed that she always wanted to do. She mentioned the two coaches that she's hired. They're both guys that she's familiar with from ADT. One of them was... Uh, has been coaching at Sanford AMA. The other one is coaching at ATT, but not at Coconut Creek, at one of the other branches. So, I don't know. She says she's not going to open the gym until after the ultimate fighter is over. She also mentioned in the press conference that she probably never should have done the fight anyway because she was having trouble with both of them. So, I don't know what the hell she thought about that. So, I, I'm sure I sent you all this stuff and I'm sure you heard about it. So, what do you, what do you think, Shwan? Yeah, well, first of all, she in her article, she, she lied. She said that she's never been hit like that before. So when you've never been in that position, you don't know how to react. She's been in that position multiple times. She was in that position against Durandami. She's in that position against Valentina Shevchenko. Kat Zingano. And then she was in the ex- ex- position against Jul- Juliana Pena. The thing is, when you put her in that position, she doesn't she – doesn't, react well because she's a front-running bully a very skilled one a very experienced one a very accomplished one but she's a front-running bully 
once you start hitting her, she doesn't really want anymore. When you start putting her in a bad position, she doesn't want anymore. Say what you want against Chris Cyborg, but Chris Cyborg didn't get hit and start covering up. Chris Cyborg got hit and fired right back, and she went out on her shield. Nunes had no interest in going out on her shield, not even the slightest. She's And she's had a history of this because she, oh, she has a short-term memory that she plays. She used to question Ronda Rousey's list of opponents. Well, Ronda beat up a bunch of soccer moms. Three of the people on her list beat Amanda Nunes. So she she's obviously not att- attached to the truth. As far as the private camp, I think when you get to a certain level as a fighter, you should camp. You have, but you have to pay for people to come in for sparring. You have to come up off more money, and the focus is on you. You're getting better sparring. You're getting better attention. You're getting better strength and conditioning. I can see that. I think a certain caliber of fighter should do that. But I don't know that it benefits her after the, the ultimate neither, fighter. And neither I think do it's I, Schwab. Neither do I. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't really understand why she's doing it. Uh, yeah, it, it seems like a vanity project more than anything else. And to me, honestly, it seems like a waste of money because you're going to have to pay these people a lot of money. So even even if she beats Juliana Pena, she's Wait, not going to be can I, can I ask you a question, Schwab? Wouldn't she be better served by going to an elite coach like an Eric Nixick? And I'm just using him as an example. Um, to a degree, you would think so. But the, the, there's one reason, two reasons why that doesn't work. One, when you're training somebody, combat sports or any sport, if you're if they're comfortable with you and they're confident with you, that has you don't approve anything about them technically. If they feel comfortable and confident and trust what you're saying, that's 50 percent of the, the job right there. Secondly, she necessarily will have the time or has the inclination to make the changes necessary to adjust because the change, the issue she has isn't really technical, it's mental. Someone, she pushed somebody, and when they push back, she quit. Katzengano, when she pushed somebody, when they push back, she quit. So that's a mental thing. And in a lot of these fights where she's lost like that, she's landed. Go ahead. There's this one other thing, and this is, you know, when she decided to keep the featherweight belt, okay, what did I call her? Um, I want to say selfish. Narcissist. Close. I was close. Yeah. And this just confirms her narcissism. She thinks this is gonna help her. Yeah, um, if, if I was gonna if I was her, if I was gonna do this, then I probably would have done it when I won the Bantamweight title. Or when I maybe when I won the featherweight, it just seems like bad timing for it. I don't I don't know that it really helps, and it's all I know is it's going to cost her a lot of extra money. So I hope she's getting paid very well for this rematch because having a private camp takes a ton of money, and she better win. You got that, okay, Sean? Anything else you want to talk about? Present it. Shut nope, your that's dog it. up. Yeah, he he has he he has nightmares when he sleeps. It's terrible. I see. Okay, so anyways, that's it for today, guys. I said before, don't forget to check out my blog at frankp3.blogspot.com. Video from last week's fight is up on the blog, and the one from Saturday will be up on Sunday morning. If you have any questions or comments for either my blog or my podcast, you can leave the anchor's voicemail. And if you'd like to subscribe to my podcast, you can do so on Apple Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Enjoy the fights. I'll talk to you later.